my name is James. I'm the director of student ministries. Uh, I have a few announcements. One, if you have a junior higher, there is no junior high class today. So if they said I'm going to junior high class and are not with you, go find them. <laughs> Second thing is Aaron asked me to talk about a couple of things. Uh, one is e-giving. Okay? If you are a person who does e-giving and you have a gift that you want to give in December 2014, um, that gift needs to be given by the 26th. Okay? If it's given by like the 28th, maybe the 27th, we're not going to get it till January, and so it will be 2015. Okay? So... Don't test us on this. We're serious. Uh, if you want to write a check and give with a check to be marked in 2014, then you can send it any day in December. Just make sure it's dated appropriately. Please don't like write a check January 3rd and be like, December 29th, okay? Be honest about it. We're honest about it. You're honest about it. We all love Jesus. It's going to work, okay? So, cool. Uh, Last thing Aaron asked me to talk about was being on time to Christmas Eve. We start on time at Christmas Eve. I know it's crazy. Be early to Christmas Eve. I'm going to draw your attention to seats no one's sitting in. These seats over here and these seats over here. No one's sitting there because you can't see the stage. You just look at a tree. Okay? If you want to show up a little bit late to Christmas Eve, that's where you'll be sitting. So, show up early if you want to see the stage. Ah, easy, okay? Awesome. All right, will you guys stand me for the reading of God's Word? This is Ephesians 2, 17 and 18. And he came and preached peace to those who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we have both access in one spirit to the Father. You guys pray with me. Uh, Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for being a good God who adopts us, uh, who calls us your children. You allow us to call you Father, and we thank you for that great blessing. God, I pray that today you would make it clear that our identity is not in what we have achieved, but in what you have done, and we get to receive that as a great blessing, and in turn live as a blessing to others. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Uh, Amen. Solid. So today we are going through Sermon on the Mount, and we are finishing up Sermon on the Mount, okay? Uh, We've been talking about Sermon on the Mount. This is the 45th week, so if you are brand new, and this is your first time here, you only have 25 hours of preaching to listen to until you're current. So have a great Christmas vacation. (laughs) Make it happen, okay? Uh, Now for me, Sermon on the Mount has been a a huge series, uh, not just because it's taken us nearly a year to go through three chapters of the Bible, um, but because it's been a big year for me. Uh, This year, during Sermon on the Mount, we found out my wife was pregnant, Uh, she gave birth to our son, and now Calvin is already two and a half months old, all during Sermon on the Mount. (laughs) Damn. Okay. I was joking with my wife Haley about this, and I was saying, wouldn't it be funny if if that element we started keeping track of babies by the series they were born in? So it's like a few of you have Sermon on the Mount babies, a bunch of you have Genesis babies, because we were there for like three years. 
Some of you have, you know, babies that were made during Song of Solomon. Um, others, uh, uh, there you go. Others of you will one day get to look back on your children and be like, "You were a lamentations baby." Bless your heart. Um, so, uh, but I have this idea to wrap up Sermon on the Mount. And I know Aaron kind of did a wrap-up last week, but, but I had this different idea, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, today, I want to take you through the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount. I want you to hear the entirety of it, okay? Now, Aaron has explained all of it. If you have any questions on any of this, it's all online, and he explains it in a much better way than I could. So if you hear something, and you're like, that's weird, mark down the verse, or be like, oh, this, look it up, and... Listen to the sermon online, because today we're just going to go through through all of it. Not as 44 different sermons, but as one sermon that Jesus gave. A okay? couple of things that we have to say about this. Okay? If you'd like to follow along, you are welcome to. You should know where it's at. We've been here for 44 weeks. If you don't know where it's at, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 2. I would encourage you to just listen. I would encourage you to just listen. Second thing, when I say me or I, I am not talking about me, James, but it is me, Jesus. I'm reading the words of Jesus. So I don't want you to think like when many come to me and say, Lord, Lord, and be like, that James, man, kind of full of himself there. Uh, no, this is the words of Jesus, okay? Everyone's tracking with that. Excellent. Let's start. Matthew 5, starting in verse 2. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and who thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when others revel you and persecute you and utter all kinds of false evil against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For as they persecuted the prophets before you, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how can it be made restored? It is good for nothing except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does one light a lamp and then hide it under a basket. But on its stand, it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and then give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Truly, I say to you, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until it's all accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes on one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
but whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders is liable to judgment. But I say that anyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother is liable to counsel, and whoever says, you fool, was liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering a gift at the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift and go. Be reconciled with your brother, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going to court with him. At least he hands you over to the judge, and the judge to the guards, and the guards throw you in prison. You will never get out until you have paid every last penny. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body to go to hell. You have also heard it said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say, whoever divorces his wife, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say, don't even take an oath, not by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of God, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And don't take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say Simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a, tr- and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist the one who is evil. If one slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him also your other. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, give to him also your cloak. If one would make you go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard it said of those of old, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the good and the evil. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who only love you, what reward will you have? And if you greet those who only greet you, what more are you doing than others? 
Do not even the Gentiles, do not even the unbelievers do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. They will get no reward from their Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, thinking that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. For your Father already knows what you need before you ask. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in my life, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, deliver us from temptation, deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they go as far as disfiguring their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting may be done in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where the thief breaks in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, where the thief cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. See, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is good, your entire body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, then your entire body will be full of darkness. And if the light within you is darkness, oh, how great that darkness will be. No one can serve two masters. For either he will love one and hate the other, or serve one and despise the other. You cannot, you 
cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, about what you will eat or what you will drink or your body or about what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look to the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you of more value than they? And which of you can add a single hour to your lifespan by being anxious? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And so if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and then thrown in the oven tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Don't be anxious saying, well, what will we eat and what will we wear and what will we drink? For your heavenly Father knows what you need. The Gentiles seek after these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you too be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, it will be used to judge you. And with the measure you use, it will be used to measure you. Why do you see that speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me get that speck out of your eye when you have a log in your own eye? First, remove the log from your eye so that you can see clearly to remove the speck. From your brother's eye. I do not give to the dogs what is holy. Or or cast your pearls before pigs. Lest they trample them underfoot. And turn to attack you. Now, real quick. Stepping away from Sermon on the Mount. This is James, not Jesus talking. Um, When I was going through this. I I, I was, you know, writing it all out. And just, you know, copy and paste really. Um, And, uh, uh. I got to this point, and I was like, the entire Sermon on the Mount flows brilliantly until this dogs and pig part. And I just, I just completely forgot what Aaron said about it. I don't know if I wasn't here or I'm just an idiot and forgot. I'm not really sure what happened. So Aaron was walking by my office, and I was like, hey, uh, what, what is this? And he's like, oh, how did you forget this? I don't know. Um, and it's like this. It's trying to control people. So this plank speck thing is about controlling others. It's look at their evil, look at their evil, look at their evil, look at their evil, not realizing that you are prideful and trying to get ahead, a lot like Satan. Um, so there's the log in your own eye, and you can't really see that. This other thing, this, this what is holy before dogs and pearls before pigs, is trying to control people through um, more like positivity. So it's like, hey, remember how I did that favor for you? You owe me, okay? I'm hanging lights this week. You owe me. And and so it's kind of thinking like that. Either way, it's a living in a very anxious way, anxious to get ahead, anxious to get my will, anxious to get others to perform for me what I want them to do, okay? So 
I forgot about that. I figured you did too. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so, anyways, back into the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to pick it up in chapter 7, verse 7. I know, we're flying through. Wow, we've really done that far already. Yes. <clears throat> Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For whoever asks, receives. And to the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law of the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For the way is wide and the path is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the path is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Or or figs from thistles? No. So every healthy tree bears good fruit. And every diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a diseased tree cannot bear good fruit. And so every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. For on that day many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many great works in your name? And I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the wind beat on that house. And it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And anyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell, And the floods came, and the winds beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Sermon on the Mount. There we go. Yes. Solid. I was going to memorize the whole thing, but I wanted to beware of practicing my righteousness before others, so you're welcome. So, so much, so much is being said in this sermon, okay? And I'm sure today there are a few things that really resonate with you. Maybe it's this part, you know, blessed are those who mourn. And right now, 
You're in a season of mourning. There's been an illness. There's been a death. Your kid is being an idiot. And, and there's this season of mourning. For others of you, you might be feeling the weight of love your enemies. And you're like, this is hard because I hate that person. How can I, how can I love them? Maybe you're looking at this bit on anger. And you're like, man, Jesus has some serious words to say about anger. I need to get that under control. Maybe this is part about lust or retaliation or trust or giving to the needy or what you treasure or the way you talk to God or the frequency in which you talk to God or judgment or producing good fruit. Maybe it's everything. Maybe you're like, the entire thing stands out because the entire thing is brilliant. No matter what sticks out to you in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's very clear to see that the words in this are are not just for the people that first heard them. But they speak truth. They speak power. They speak authority into our life today. The one who said them has great truth, has great power, has great authority. And so thousands of years later, it still rings true in our life. And, And what I see in the Sermon on the Mount, in every section, and every line, from the very first, blessed are those, to the end, and great was the fall of it, is identity. Jesus is looking at his children and defining who they are, who we are. Look at the beginning. Blessed is the meek. Blessed is the peacemaker. Blessed is the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed, 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 blessed. It's as if Jesus looks at his children and says, you are blessed. You are blessed. Okay, let that sink in a little bit. It's been a long time since we've talked about the Beatitudes. You, me, who are broken, who are sinful, who are wicked, who live rebellious lives. Jesus chooses to bless us. See, I don't care where you are in life. What has happened to you in life? What will happen to you? There is not a single day that you have lived that has been outside of the grace and blessing of God. You are blessed. See, we get very confused with this because we want to define blessing. I want to define blessing. And for us, blessing is defined as the perfect marriage, or a marriage at all, or someone to say yes to a first date, or better looks, or a better metabolism, or a perfect family, or good kids, or kids that listen to us every once in a while, or kids at all, or a better paying job, or more vacation time, or a new boss, or a new car, or a new house, or a new iPhone, or new trinkets to play with and eventually break. We want to define blessing, and it's just Jesus looks at us and says, no. You don't get to define blessing. You don't have the power. You don't have the authority. And you don't have the truth to define what blessing is. Jesus defines blessing. Jesus defines blessing. And he says blessing is getting to have relationship with your father. God calls you child. Tells you to call him father. And that is great blessing. You and me who are full of unrighteous anger and lust and constantly looking for a way to get ahead and retaliation and manipulating others. People who build our lives on the sand. Jesus has blessed us. Jesus defines us as blessed. And to me, I think that changes everything. See, to me, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus making it very, very clear that his children are blessed. And then defining and then explaining 
how that changes you. You are blessed, and that changes how you deal with anger and retaliation, your sexuality and what you treasure and how you treat others and how you judge others and where you build your life and judgment and what we treasure in life. Everything is changed by that blessing, by that new identity. Ephesians 1.3 says this, Praise be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You've been blessed. And that's your identity. Timothy Keller, uh, he, he brings up this, this great point. And he asks the question, is your identity achieved or received? Is your identity achieved or received? Because I think many of us are trying to achieve our identity. Well, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and bam, this is who I am. That's my identity because I did these things, and I have achieved my identity. Many of us are trying to achieve righteousness. Well, I prayed, and I read my Bible, and I went to church, and I didn't beat my children. I didn't kill anyone in my gospel community. Um, and I did these things, and I even helped in the children's on Christmas Eve. I'm a righteous person. And we try to achieve our righteousness. And it's not something you achieve. It's something that we get to receive. And because we have received this great blessing, we now get to live in that peace. We now get to live a life of freedom, knowing that you and I don't have to prove ourselves, don't have to prove our identity, don't have to prove our righteousness, because we have received those things from Jesus. And that changes Everything. See, from understanding that, we know that we get to go out and be a blessing. Blessings should flow from our lives because our identity is different. It has changed. It's no longer built on sand. It's no longer about your wisdom, your power, your strength, my understanding, my wisdom. It's no longer about what we have done, but what God has done. And he has adopted us. And he has blessed us. And that changes everything. Now we understand that we get to live as salt. We get to live as light to the world and be a blessing. Because where our lives are built on the rock. Sermon on the Mount has been huge. It's been huge. There is so much that has been said. And what I have enjoyed about Sermon on the Mount is getting to go through this and looking how Jesus has changed my life in the past and looking how Jesus is shaping my life now. Giving me better understanding of my identity. Giving me better understanding that my righteousness is not achieved by what I do, but it is received as a gift from God. What a great thing that we no longer have to prove ourselves. Because Jesus has given us that identity. It's the reason we come to communion every week. Every week we take this cracker, which represents God's body that was broken for us. And we dip it in the wine of the grape juice, which represents his, his blood that was spilled for us. And we say, thank you for giving me a new identity. God, help me to better understand my identity is not achieved, but it is received by your work, by what you have already done. Thank you for dying for me. We worship God through song. The band's going to come up and they're going to play a 
a few more songs and we sing of his great power and might and authority and truth. Sing of the great hope we have in him, the great blessing we have received through him. We worship God through tithes and offerings. Uh, There are offering boxes on the side and in the back. And we give because he has given so much to us. We give because we see that everything we have is a blessing from him. That includes our money. That includes our stuff. That includes the new toys and trinkets we get for Christmas. That's all his. So we worship him with the stuff that he's given us. We worship God through prayer. There's going to be some deacons or elders um, in the back. Go and pray with them. I encourage you to go pray with them. It is a great blessing that we get to pray. That we get to take our cares and our worries and our stresses and even the small stupid things to God. We get to do that. and It's a great blessing. We worship God through community. Uh, there is going to be some cookies in the back. I guess you could worship God through cookies if you got real creative. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I encourage you guys to go back, eat some cookies, talk to some people. Get involved in a community. Get involved in a gospel community. Worship God through sharing life together. Spurring on one another, encouraging one another to not live in an identity that is achieved to live in an identity that is received from him. To live in that blessing and to be a blessing to others. Will you guys pray with me? Uh, Jesus, you are a great God. A God who loves us. A God who cares for us. A God who allows us to call you Father. God, I pray that we would understand that that's a blessing. You would change our hearts and our minds to long after you. To not long after the things that we have achieved, but to understand that you paid a great price for us to receive our identity in you. You just help us to live a salt and light. That blessings would flow from our lives. We love you. We give you praise. Amen.